Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back into the program today. You can always find us online at pathtozion.com or of course here on our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you want to continue to get content from here. Um, as you can tell, I am not in the studio today, as that is quite easy to tell. Um, I decided to go outside. I'm borrowing my son's GoPro. He's being so kind to let me use the one he uses on his channel um, to be outside today. Um, primarily because I just wanted to change some things up a little bit and do hopefully a shorter recording today. Um, for those of you who don't know me and my family personally, um, I will fill you in. Most days we do a Bible verse um, on our whiteboard here at our house. Um, we call it the, the whiteboard teaching. And sometimes, not every time, but sometimes they land on our Facebook page. And, and basically what it is, I'll take a verse or sometimes two and just kind of do word studies and, and a little bit of commentary towards um, what I feel that that text is saying. And I do that with great regularity. And I've just been thinking lately, like, maybe I need to start doing some shorter videos, maybe in a little bit different format. Um, the format's kind of a, a formality, but I thought, well, it'd be nice to just maybe sit outside um, and just do something a little bit different. Shift gears just a little bit here um, and maybe do some of these whiteboard teaching verses um, just in a video form. I can't really say elaborate much because, again, I want to keep it somewhat short. Uh, but just to the point, real quick, in case you have not seen it, the, the last four-part that we four-part series that we talked about, which is titled Salvation to All Who Obey, um, has generated a lot of good conversation. Basically, we examine a bunch of verses, over 30 uh, Bible verses, in differing places, Older Testament and Newer both, and our primary text is just the verse in Hebrews that says that, that Yeshua Messiah, Jesus the Christ, He became salvation to all who obey Him. The, the, the source of eternal salvation, dot, 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 for all who obey him. And we just pose the question, have we inherited a doctrine, a belief system, that tells us that salvation is dependent upon anything at all other than just, it's all grace. And so we talked about that, and we looked at the entirety of the Bible, in part, to just ask some questions that, Frankly, I was never asked when I was saved back, you know, 1983. Um, things that, that I just don't really hear anything about in regards to what the Bible says it's in its entirety towards obedience and covenant. And, and that, in fact, as I've been saying a lot even on the program as of late, is we are in a new covenant. And a covenant has parties. And a covenant has... Um, responsibilities for the covenant to even be in place and intact and salvation cannot be disconnected from covenant or else we are not saved it's it's a biblical fact so that being said look into that if you've not watched it I would consider um, adding it to your um, thought process about well what is salvation biblically speaking now today what I want to talk about very very briefly again is is a, a verse that, that most of us, if we've been in the Christian church for any time at all, have heard endlessly <clears throat> throughout our lives. And it's Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And it's an, it's, it's an instruction, train or a fact, we could even say, a biblical fact. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he, was, when he is old, he will not turn away from it, or, or he will not depart from it. He won't leave it behind and deviate from that path. 
if in fact he is trained in the way that he should go. And, and, and what I did with the whiteboard the other day, I wrote out a somewhat lengthy article or whatever you'd like to call it um, towards this verse and then again some commentary about it as well as a, a brief word study on, well, what does this mean to train up a child, like biblically? Because it, what you think it means means nothing. My opinion on, well, this is, how, this is how I train a child, that means nothing, friend. If we don't understand what the word of Elohim is telling us, um, when the Holy Spirit breathed life into the pens of the, of the authors, we're not going to understand... <laughs> Um, correctly what we are supposed to even be doing so we have to know what training even means now a little bit of background story first about why I even landed here just to kind of draw you into the heart of the matter um, in our whiteboard teaching yesterday um, basically I was recounting a little bit of a, a story about the arrival of our son our son's birthday is today and um, yesterday when I wrote the the whiteboard teaching I was remembering back 11 years previous. Now, just a tiny glimpse into what was going on that day is I was out working an hour away from our, our hometown, our house. My wife worked full time back then and she was at work. And basically she, of course, at the end of her pregnancy, she was within a couple days, three days at the time of, of her due date. Her, my son's due date was my birthday. It was pretty awesome. Um, he didn't quite make it to that. but. Um, on the 26th of August, we got a phone call. Um, they ended up tracking me down. They couldn't get a hold of my wife and basically somewhat soberly said, you need to get your wife and, and you need to come straight to the doctor's office. Um, and we need to go straight to the hospital after that, but come to the office first. Long story short, we go, we meet there. Um, and we're told the, these, these very harrowing facts about my wife's physical condition. She. Um, was diagnosed with a, a very, very serious life-threatening um, sickness um, that, man, it's just very rare. It, it, I don't know the numbers, but it is not very common whatsoever what she had specifically. And basically, if they didn't go in and get the baby, um, her life would be in grave danger, and then the baby as well. So we went through uh, quite an ordeal um, for only 30 hours or so, but it was, it was very trying time to say the least um, and, and and all these things aside and see and, and she was considered um, what do you call it high risk uh, we were both 38 um, when my son got here and you know it's it's just one of those things that it was it was it was hard I mean there's no way around it yes Yahweh was with us we had peace we had comfort in the sense the best that we could in the circumstance we had um, brothers and sisters um, in our life helping us and being there literally physically for us and praying and believing with us and all these things but it was, it was a terrifying time um, but everything turned out fine now my, my wife here we are 11 years later she's fine she's healthier than she's ever been my son is healthier than all of us put together um, but we only have one child because again at 38 we had him and we we had thought <clears throat> we we would we didn't want children we were convinced that would you know we were just selfish and all these different things but we were convinced we we just I don't want to be a daddy I don't I, that's just not me that's not what I want well over the course of those nine months right before his arrival um, father really did an upheaval of my heart showed me that uh, 
it was a desire of my heart that I didn't even know yet. I didn't know I even had it. I didn't know it was in there um, because we're told in the word of Elohim that, that he knows the desires of our heart. And sometimes we ourselves don't even know. And so here comes this son onto the scene and, and our entire life, of course, changed. And if you have children, you know this. And, um, but for us, it was even more significant than, than for most people because many people my age, our age, me and my wife, they have grandchildren now. Um, I get it, but we're a little later on, you know, we were too stubborn, I guess it took a long time to get to us. And so, so we have only had one child. We're, we're one and done family. And here we are, you know, 49 years old and, um, we have an 11 year old who's just incredible and has been the biggest blessing father could have ever given us. And thankfully overrode our own will to give us the greatest gift we could ever have in him. Now, that being said, um, I have been given a heart, I'm convinced by the Father, of uh, towards training and obedience and the heart of a child. And um, for whatever reason, the way I'm wired, everything we do here is based upon posturing the, the, the heart of my son to be yielded and submitted and, and in his place. I mean, a lot of people don't even like talking about that anymore. Well. Well, does your child have any fun? People have all these crazy assumptions about our life because we're so serious about training and obedience that, well, does he just sit there and read the Bible all day? I mean, if people only knew, they would feel ashamed at the accusations and assumptions that have been put towards us and kind of what we do. And you all talk about the Bible all the time. And yeah, we believe it is of absolute utmost importance of, of all these things. And everything that we do here is geared towards the heart issue of, of our son. And, of course, we live accordingly ourselves as, as, a, as parents, um, as a husband and wife. We believe that, that our lives should be governed, especially now where we sit now in our, part of, in our section of our journey personally, is I now spend the rest of my life in humility, complete uh, a cyclical pattern of, of repetitive repentance as, as Holy Spirit illuminates wickedness within me, which is lawlessness and in, 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 in opposing my Father's will and ways. And now we learn His ways. And we ourselves are, are training ourselves in, in I wash my wife with the water of the word and, and we talk and we pray and like like literally almost pretty much everything we do is an opportunity to to mature as a man as a woman as a as a husband and wife father mother as a, as a son for my son towards us and everything is is a goal about our heart's condition there's no legalism here it's my heart is postured to please my father and i really do want that above every other thing and especially for my son um to again posture him in a place so that when the day comes for him not that he asks jesus into his heart which isn't even a biblical doctrine but instead he has the the experience that is prophesied in ezekiel where the he will he will literally surrender his heart of stone that can't respond to elohim's loving touch and, and, and voice and commands and, and that heart is exchanged for a heart of flesh that can receive Father's commands and they're placed upon that heart. As, as I always say, the only thing about the Torah is the location change. In the older covenant to the newer covenant, the only difference is location. 
as Ezekiel and Jeremiah make quite clear. It's just moving from here to there, and as we've said on the program so much as of late, Ezekiel tells us why is that going to happen? Why is Holy Spirit going to fill us at our regeneration? So that now we are enabled to walk in Father's ways. And so, so here we are, we have this challenge before us as parents to train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not turn away from it. Now, now to get to this real quickly so that we don't miss out on the most important part as we're 13 minutes in here, we're talking about more than, than church attendance or taking our kids to Sunday school or a 15 or even 30 minute, you know, family Bible study on Sunday morning. We're talking about so much more than that. I am not proposing in any way a formulaic, um, predictable time like that. I'm not saying it's of no value, but what I'm talking about is a constant moment-by-moment -moment training. My son and I are out playing basketball this morning at the park, um, and even that is full of opportunities to train my son's heart to be in obedience and in kindness and in gentleness and to look like Yeshua and to speak like Yeshua, to honor his dad. You know, like, and, and again, unless you know us or if you know what I'm even really talking about specifically, this isn't like, put the ball down, son. We're going to have a talk now. Get out your pocket Bible and turn to Proverbs chapter 4 right now. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a father and a son having a discourse of, you know, son, that, that's kind of what we've been talking about, me and your mom, for the last several days. You've just kind of been sharp with your with your with the way you're talking to us, and you're not really honoring your mom during homeschool. We connect this with this, and we connect this with this. and You know, every moment of life, for all of us, not just for a child, is an opportunity to learn and to grow and to change and to, and to mature in, in who we are. And it, for our children's sake, to continue to walk him into the place where he will willingly say, I get it now. I get it. I am a rebellious human being driven by my own will, my own way. And I've got to surrender this heart of stone so that I can be given that heart of flesh that my father created and possesses and he puts it supernaturally in there and Yeshua, Yeshua's wonderful work is, is accomplished in, in, in him specifically and Holy Spirit can empower him to what? To obey, to be a willing, obedient one. Okay, that's the goal of humanity, to surrender our will and our way, to go into the path of suffering servant Messiah, to lose our life for his sake and therefore find it. And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit comes, fills us with the unction and the supernatural power to become obedient children. That is the goal of our life. And then we move out into salvation, which we talked about in the last series. And salvation is evidenced by what? Obedience, obedience, obedience. So the goal of our heart for the heart of our son is to get him to a place where he realizes he needs empowered to become an obedient child himself. Okay? 
And so this is a constant, daily, daily interaction. It's just what we do here. And friend, let me just say this. That's why we don't, for us, for us, that's why we don't do sports. That's why do sports, you know, like formal, like, you know, every night you're practicing for two hours and you're going to games on a Shabbat and you're, you're doing all these things and you're in a worldly school system already and then you go to worldly school functions and activities that are governed by worldly rules and standards and expectations. We are completely removed from that on purpose, not because we're better, not because we're elite and they're heathen reprobates, get away from me heathen, no. Because we believe we are a set-apart, consecrated, holy people, and we are governed by a whole different set of rules than the world. And thereby, we don't join into the things of the world in that way, on purpose. Why? Because my son's just barely 11 years old, and if I think he can go in there and transform his school with the power of Jesus, I feel like we have a real problem because he's not ready to do that. Okay, he's not ready to do that. And when we posture our children to go in and change the world for Jesus when they're eight years old, I think maybe we've got things a little bit out of kilter here from my vantage point. So I say our days are full of talking about the Bible, of talking about biblical training. We here talk a lot about the Torah because we believe that that was the baseline understanding that when you, what's, what's the verse here? Uh, Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, Yahweh your Elohim, what? Love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words which I'm commanding you today is what Yahweh was saying. They're to be on your heart. This is no external, all they had was the old law. <laughs> they didn't have what we had. These were to be on their heart then, Deuteronomy 6. I'm commanding you today for them to be on your heart. And what are you supposed to do with them? Teach them diligently to your children. Speak of them when you're sitting in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, bind them on your hand, frontless between your eyes, on your doorpost of your house, on your gates. When the chickens back there clucking at the chicken house, at all times and all circumstances have these things right here constant and that was normal for back then the training that the children would receive now when we when we put this through this context and, and filter it through this lens it means a whole lot more than christian camp and christian sunday school and bible studies and pizza parties and you know upwards basketball man we're talking about like diligent diligent training we're talking about when you rise up and when you lie down, when we're eating lunch, when we're eating breakfast, when we're shooting baskets, when we're sitting here at the campfire, when we're out there working the cows. Every single thing that we do, training is right here. Diligent training is right here for my wife and I. I don't know why that is necessarily, <clears throat> but I'm saying, and I'm putting this out here, out here because I got so many responses when I did my whiteboard teaching on this verse, and it just really surprised me. Now I've got pages and pages of stuff written that is very near completion 
that I intend to be at least a four-part series, video series coming up soon towards biblical child training. Um, but it's just not done yet, so this is just a little bit of a, a surface-level discussion about this verse specifically. But in closing, th this word training, if we look at it through the biblical lens only, because we, we need to understand it, because, well, what's training mean? Well, to me, training is memorizing a Bible verse a month. Or training to me is they need to be in a Sunday school class every Sunday. Or, you know, we could all come up with our own version of training, but let's look at the word alone so that we know exactly what it is we're striving for and being instructed to do. Now, this, this is talking a lot about a narrowing, okay? If you look into the uh, Hebrew word, it's hanach, hanach. It's a narrowing. It's a narrowing way. It is a training that, that gets more constricted, more concise, and, and it's just, it is what it says. It's narrow. It's not easy. It's tight. It's, it's constrictive. It's restraining. Children need boundaries, friend. If I see so many, even Christian homes, believers, where the parents just kind of look to the children to figure out what the children want to do. And like, man, I've seen some stuff that I literally sit there and I'm like, holy cow, breakdown, breakdown. You know, so many people, they don't, they don't want to push their children too far away. Well, I don't want to run them off or I don't want to... I don't want to make them mad, and I don't want them to be distant from me. And I th All of our approaches are very off, biblically speaking. If we are, in fact, the overseers of our children, and we are responsible to instruct them and counsel them and show them, no, son, I don't, I don't care where you think you need to go. Let's just be hard. That's even hard in Christian uh, child-rearing circles. I'm saying, son, you've got no idea what you need to do right now. You don't know right from wrong. You don't know where you're headed. You don't even have a clue. I'm not perfect and say that I do this flawlessly. Your daddy has every answer that you need to know. But listen, by comparison, son, you don't have any idea in the way you should go. So what do we do then? We have to train ourselves and know what this word of Elohim says what are Father's ways? What is the way that, that I should go so I have any chance of telling my son the way in which he should go as he gets older and older and begins to make more decisions for himself to the point where he gets to a point we don't ever believe like, all right, son, I hope everything worked out for you. We love you. Don't forget God loves you too. Love you, son. That's not our goal, and that even is a whole different shift of like, how Christian culture raises their raise them right so they can go off into the world. Yeah, we don't see it that way either, but that's for a whole nother day. To get back to this Hanak, this is a, a narrowing, and I like this, and we'll bring this to a conclusion. First mention um, of this Hanak, this, this uh, training, actually comes up in a very odd place, and it's used talking about dedication. Uh, like if, if the very first time it shows up is is a building of a house and then a dedication of it. There is a dedicating of this house. And, and it shows up again next in 1 Kings 8 with King Solomon. And he is dedicating, training, okay, to get this understanding. He's dedicating the house of Yahweh. What? There's something strange here that we've maybe not understood. 
and, and but if you watch the program you know this is nothing new here dedication and consecration are right here for us right here holy holy is not well how do you be holy as God is holy you just act like Jesus well why why did Jesus look like Jesus like what does this mean how do we do this and holy by a biblical standard is holy is is a distinct different marked set apart thing okay and so when we train up our child according to proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 if we train them up the way that this was intended to tell us to we are dedicating them to be marked different distinct set apart consecrated and holy unto father's purposes okay narrow a narrow this is very distinct. He, my son looks very odd. Even, I mean, not even, but I mean, especially uh, beside Christian culture. He's not Christian-y. And we don't do Christian-y things. And so you've got like, you know, I hear Christians talk all the time about how they're persecuted. And our children, because Timmy wore and I can do all things Christ shirt. And then somebody laughed at him. He's so persecuted. I'm not saying that's not true, but like, there's that, and then there's this. And so all I'm saying is, are we continually moving ourselves and our children, our family as a functioning um, home, dedicated itself to Yahweh? Are we moving beyond Christian t-shirts and just Bible verses on our car? Are we moving down into a narrowing training of dedicating our children unto the purposes of Yahweh before and above every other thing that we tend to in our houses? Is it at the forefront? Because again, diligently teach these things to your children. And let's just be honest. What did they teach them, friend? They taught them Torah. They taught them the Torah. And the Torah, we're told in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, is being moved from here to here. And we know that the Torah is going to be coming out of Zion in a prophesied age. We know that people who keep Torah are going to be persecuted by the enemy, the dragon, in the future prophesied age as well. And so like here we are in the middle, train your child the Torah. Why? My kid loves bacon. <laughs> and But we miss the heart. We miss, we miss the biblical understanding of Yahweh himself, the creator of all things, has given us strict, precise, understandable in many ways but not every commands a governing set of laws for his set apart people Yahweh's set apart people do set apart holy things feasts Sabbath holy days consecrated days they are holy convocations what's that mean ah we don't have time for all of that so do we know what this means when it says to train our children in the way that they should go? And let me just say this in, in absolute closing. I, I don't have this, and I'll just be completely honest. I wish I did, and it grieves my heart, but it's just the way it is. I've learned to accept it. The ancient way understanding, families were involved with the training of their children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, even, even neighboring communities. And we've lost that in, in many ways. There are some sects of belief that have that intact, and it's, it's, a, it's a gift. I hope they know that. I'm jealous for it myself. 
But if you are a grandparent, if you are an aunt or an uncle, and of course if you are a father or a mother, friend, you have an obligation to train these children that are under your care in any way, if, if you're given any license to be invited into that opportunity, friend, please take advantage of that. Because when a brother comes alongside a brother and he tells that brother's son what the word of Elohim says, it is a, it is a reaffirming of what is true. And boy, not just daddy and not just my mom, but man, brother so-and-so says the same thing and brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, they're teaching me. They're all teaching me. My grandmother, my grandfather, they're teaching me the ways of Elohim. They're calling me. They're sending me letters. They're, they're asking me, what's Father saying to you, child? What are you learning? What's your spiritual condition? Do you have a question about a Bible verse? Can I pray with you? Can I pray blessing over you? Can I read the word of Elohim over you? Friends, we need to be doing this because there is, there is, there are years ahead of us to undo the ground we've lost. There are years and years. I was telling a brother just two days ago about this. I believe it's going to take generations to get out of this, this greasy grace doctrine that we have all just grown up in. I've got to get that out of my house and I've got to train what the word of Elohim says to my son so that he's more pure, more holy, more consecrated, more distinct and set apart, more dedicated than I was and then his son will be even more dedicated and his son's son even more dedicated. Do you see what I'm saying? That is why we have to take advantage of these days, of these hours, of these minutes of our lives, friend. Because many of you already know this, your children are going to be out very soon making decisions for themselves. I see that with my son. He's only 11 and I can see it as clear as I see that grass there on the ground, it's just around the bend. I want to seize every opportunity. I want to be found what I was instructed to be doing, which is diligently training my son. So friend, I just want to ask you that question. Do you give this such sober consideration that it is, it is right here? Your own spiritual condition in the relationship with Yahweh, of course, and then your spouse, and then like, what am I doing to constantly, diligently train my children and my grandchildren and my, my nephew, my niece, my, my neighbor's children, if they would allow me to have any um, opportunity to speak with them about spiritual matters? Friend, this is serious business. So I encourage you today to take, take a moment to, to examine your heart. And if you're like me, it's going to take some repentance to say, Father, I've been wasting time. Um, Thankfully, again, the Father brought us into parenthood very late in life, and hopefully I had some maturity behind me by that time because we didn't have children when we were 20. And so maybe that was for our good. Um, definitely for my son's good. Um, but please consider, what does it look like to train up a child in the way that he should go according to the word of Elohim so that when they are older, they will not depart from it? Um, just just chew on that, won't you? Continue to come back to the program. I don't know. We'll do some more of these. I was hoping to keep it at 20 minutes, but of course that's impossible for me. Um, if you have questions or thoughts, comments, do it publicly. Do it in email at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking. And as I'm always saying, if you disagree with what I'm saying, 
and you think I'm just legalistic or too hard or too serious or love the Bible too much, just talk to me gently about it and give me your vantage point and opinion and something that you have found that produces holy set-apart fruit in your children that I have not experienced yet. I'm open to that. I'm, I'm no master on this at all. Um, but I can read the Word of Elohim and study it and thereby know what I'm to be doing and what I'm not in many, many, many cases. And that's what I want to be found doing. So thank you for watching. This is the Path Design Podcast. Go to pathdesign.com. Come back for more content uh, coming up soon, I'm sure. Thank you for watching. Amen.